Hope you're all doing well. So my name's Wayne and um, heading up with Becky, the Youth Leaders Seminar Stream. So um, uh, I hope everyone in the room is a Youth Leader because it's a Youth Leader Seminar Stream. Otherwise, you might want to kind of quickly sneak out and stuff. So we um, have led this now for the last couple of years and um, just really wanted to give a space on site, um, a context on site for Youth Leaders to come and just, just get a bit of input, a bit of teaching, a bit of equipping, just a space really just to reflect on on the bigger picture of youth work and um, and hopefully some tips for doing youth work on the ground. So I lead the youth work in uh, Southampton, uh, a place called Hedgeend uh, at King's Community Church. Bex um, leads in a place called St. Nitz and uh, we've been youth workers for a very long time now so I think both of us over 20 years and um, led in all kinds of different capacities and different size uh, youth groups and stuff and just both really passionate about young people, passionate about young people knowing Jesus, becoming disciples, living for him and just giving their life to, uh, to, to live out the calling that God puts on, um, on, their, on their life. Both work with young people inside the church but also outside the church and uh, I won't say too much because Bex is probably going to share a bit more about what she does and um, I'm really just passionate about seeing young people come right the way through from young people that have got no clue who Jesus is through to just sold out living for him um, loving him and giving him everything. Over the course of the week we just wanted to get um, uh, really kind of practical on on the foundations of youth work this week. So if you follow the seminar stream through, we're going to be looking at leading young people um, into kind of key values, key principles of, of what we really feel are important for young people to grasp hold of. So leading young people into truth. We've got Terry Virgo coming and speaking tomorrow, um, which will just be phenomenal. He's just an incredible guy. Um, we've got leading young people into into freedom, leading young people into the presence of God, um, and that one will just have a real opportunity for praying for youth leaders um, as well and uh, leading young people to change the world. So that's the kind of journey uh, that we're going on. Ben is going to be speaking this morning about big picture um, uh, youth work. So obviously Ben is part of the New Day team and on the ground kind of making New Day happen. And so he's going to be sharing a lot about just the role of New Day and leading young people well in the nation. And then Bex is going to come on the back of that and talk very much leading young people um, on the ground. I think that's where we're going. There is a mobile phone number um, up here. If you have a question at any point, please text that in, and at the end, there'll be an opportunity uh, for Q&A. And uh, last year, what we found as well is a number of questions came in that we didn't get the opportunity to answer all of them in this space, but we'll just text you throughout the day. So um, so we had fun last year just kind of sifting through uh, questions. So if you've got a question on anything to do with what's brought up today or anything to do with youth work, then uh, text that in, and we'll try our best to, uh, to help. And then the last little bit of information is uh, we have a Facebook group, uh, New Day Youth Leaders. If you're not part of it and you're part on Facebook, then please do sign up to that. And uh, that's a place where we communicate a lot of information as well to do with New Day, but also just to do with youth work throughout the year. Okay, let's welcome Ben up. So. Thank you for the whoops. Um, can I just ask, who was at the GCs and youth workers gathering at the beginning of the week just you two well done guys um good i'm just deciding uh, what to sort of concentrate on um so first of all i just want to say from my point of view just a massive thank you um i can't really i can't remember what wayne just said about me but i used to be a youth worker myself um and many years ago um came to new day for the first time at a different site uh, and really just got a uh, caught heart i suppose of the vision for new day um, and since then, I've just progressed in terms of uh, different roles across the site and doing various different things. But my passion really was always just to get as many young people uh, on site as possible, people that know Jesus to encounter him, people that don't know Jesus to find him. Um, and really, as I've come into the leadership team and started to take a lead on New Day, that's the heart behind it. We really believe that New Day um, sits in a unique place in the United Kingdom at the moment in serving the purposes of God. And that sounds really nice and you could sort of make a postcard and t-shirts and all that kind of thing. But I actually believe it. <laughs> I actually believe it. So what we're part of as we gather at this event is that we are part of something uh, that can genuinely change and impact this nation for the good with the emerging generations, plural. So it isn't just the now moment with the young people. It's the young people that are coming up generation after generation 
This is what we're living with as we preach. It's what we live with as we get an agenda together for the week. Uh, but it's what we live with, not just looking at the week at New Day, but it's what we live with all year round. Uh, and so New Day isn't just about a moment uh, in the year, whilst that's the sort of like uh, the height of it. Um, it's, it's really about more than that. Um, and, and it's important for you guys to know, I don't know how many of you have been here year after year or whether this is, is sort of a new experience for you, but what we're not after is New Day becoming um, the answer in the UK. What we're after is New Day serving local churches all across the nation. So that's what we're all about. So we don't want to become the church. We don't want to become parachurch where everyone looks to us. We want to serve. We want to get in underneath what local churches are doing uh, and serve and bless and equip as best as we possibly can, which is exactly the reason that I'm stood in front of you right now uh, and wanting to, to just share a bit of the heart with it, really. Um, <coughs> and as I talk through it, some of the stuff that I would be uh, just engaging with in terms of the culture of this nation, please hear my heart in it. Um, I don't want to patronize anybody in any way, um, but my observations and my experience as a church youth worker um, were ones that really um, drive some of the, the strategy and the vision that we've got in, in, in trying to help you guys. So my background was growing up in church and walking away from Jesus, probably about 12 or 13. Um, I'm not here to paint a really you know, disgusting picture of what I used to be like, but it wasn't pretty growing up. Um, did get myself into to all kinds of various situations. Um, so when I came back to faith in my early 20s, my heart instantly went to that place where I wanted to get out onto the streets where I used to kick about in different location, but where, where I'd often spend my Fridays and Saturdays and every day, every day I could get out uh, and just be on the streets with drugs and girls and drink and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to engage it. I wanted to say, let's bring Jesus to it uh, and, and just start trying to work at that as hard as I, I could. Even since when I was little, which wasn't that long ago, things have radically and dramatically changed in terms of what our young people are growing up in. Same issues, but it's a different ball game. It's the same issues, but it's a different ball game. So when we consider youth culture and everything that our young people are being bombarded with, it is a different battlefield that we need to get our heads engaged with. Uh, and my experience would be that often youth workers uh, are often under-resourced. You can nod with me if you like. I know you feel it. You can be open in this room. Uh, in terms of your development as a youth leader, uh, for some of you, you will have never even been in context where you're being developed as a youth worker. You know, I used to be an estate agent. That was my training ground to come and be a church youth worker, being an estate agent. That does not happen in the secular world. It does not happen in the secular world. And my first time at New Day, when I got here, I had a young guy come to me and say I've been sexually active with another lad uh, that has just left our youth group and I've been sexually active with him for the last two years. And I'm like, I sell houses. How do I deal with this? Uh, and my answer, to be completely honest with you, when it comes to, to sex uh, and pornography addiction and mental health and serious youth violence uh, and all these big subjects that's coming at us thick and fast and you might be sat there thinking, I'm not really engaging that right now with my youth group. You will, you will, uh, uh, definitely, it's going to happen. This is where it's going in terms of society and culture. We need to be ready and prepared and equipped now, sometimes God works in a way where it's a, uh, one prayer and it, it deals with it in a moment. Um, but we do need to equip ourselves better as youth workers. And we need to be hungry for that. We mustn't sit there thinking, I know all the answers and the answers are, are Jesus. And, and that's it. Yes, the answer is Jesus. Of course, it's Jesus. Uh, we need to work out how we contextualize the gospel truth into this generation and how we're smart about dealing with the issues that we face because, quite frankly, some of them are way beyond us that are in this room. And so we need to learn how to point people to the right places, point people to experts, and for some of us, like my dear friend down here, even train in becoming an expert. Wayne is a real youth worker, so when he came and actually took the, the youth work on from me in Southampton, I was like, oh... This is what it's meant to be like uh, and, and really helped me and humbled me in all kinds of different ways um, in just being like, okay, there's, there's ways that we need to start approaching youth culture uh, and we need people that are actually equipped to do so. So you've got different roles to play with all of this, um, but that's our heart behind it. And so that's one of the reasons why we're moving uh, our youth workers conference from Centre Parks, where we've been for nearly 20 years, 18 years, something like that. Um, and number one, we grew out of space. But number two, 
we feel like we've got a message to, to tell this nation, not just for young people, but to youth workers. Uh, and currently, where we're going, whenever I invite people to come to centre parks, they're a bit like, well, yeah, maybe. It's, it's a really difficult ask. They don't get how good the rapids are, obviously, and how great it is. Um, but it is a difficult ask to get people in. And so we've changed, we've moved. Change is good. Please don't boo or shout or throw things at me. Uh, come on the journey with me. Um, but we have been in, in conversations and been praying um, to get the O2 Indigo. So it's a, a sub-venue of the O2 Arena, just to the side. It's a, it's a famous venue. It's where a lot of the, the sort of VIP celeb parties happen after the main gigs and all that kind of thing. It's known. Uh, and we're going to be hosting one day there on the 9th of February, 2019. And we'd love you guys to come along. It's going to be the same format in terms of getting specialists in. And we're going to be pre preaching the gospel but we want to throw the doors open to youth leaders all across this nation saying, come uh, and get equipped to serve this generation in a better way. And so I'd love you guys to just get behind this vision, be praying about this vision. Uh, there's going to be time at the end, I hope, if I stop rambling, uh, to, to answer some questions uh, around all of that. Um, but, but you guys, you need to own this with us for this to work. Uh, not just from a budgetary point of view, that would do me a big favour because I've told everyone it's going to be fine. Um, but just I, I, I long, I long for many, many youth leaders that are not connected with any movements to come and feel like, oh my goodness, I've been struggling on my own. There's a family of youth workers that are, that are just passionate about reaching young people that I can now connect with. Uh, and I don't know them all. You know them all. So the people that you're connecting with in your villages, towns and cities are the very people that we need to be getting at the O2 this year that are engaging young people in our culture. Is that okay? You guys are as enthusiastic as the youth leaders I gathered with over there. Is that okay? Yes, it's going to be great because we're, we're getting into the purposes of God for New Day and serving the church. One of the things um, that I've learned over the last couple of years, and I'm just going to introduce her uh, as a youth worker that I never did, was engage the poor. Um, I never thought about it. Uh, I, never, I don't think I even ever spoke about it in the time that I was a youth worker. And a little while ago, I uh, started to get Natalie Williams to come along a little bit more into our context. And so I just want to give her a couple of moments um, just to speak to you guys, really to highlight that she's here. And if you can relate to what I just said, Talk to this lady. Let her get you fired up for serving the poor and helping your young people engage with this subject. Okay? Great. So Ben says, I've got two minutes, right? So basically my background is I got saved when I was 15 into a New Frontiers church, but from a really working class background, um, I was poor by government standards and I got saved into a really middle class church where everyone wanted me to do things like go around and eat dinner and I didn't know how to do that. I'd never done that before, never been to someone's house and eating dinner. And if I'm honest with you, that's not particularly why I'm passionate about us helping the poor and the working classes, particularly in our churches. It's mainly because the Bible says so. And two minutes perhaps isn't long enough to persuade you of this. One of the biggest things that worries me is that for many Christians all across our country, poverty is growing, but we think that tackling poverty is an optional extra for Christians. We think it's something that we will do when we get around to it because we've got core business to do. We've got to pray, we've got to read our Bibles, we've got to lead our youth groups into those things and what have you. So we think, well, we'll get to helping the poor when we've got time. Well, we'll never have time if we don't prioritise it. And like I said, two minutes probably isn't enough time to persuade you of its importance. But in Isaiah, God says that true fasting is to feed the hungry and to set free the oppressed. James writes that true religion is caring for widows and orphans. And if that's not enough, then Jesus said, you know, how we deal with the poor, how we interact with those who are hungry, thirsty, sick, in prison, is actually, it reveals how much we know him. It reveals how closely we're following him. So care for the poor isn't an optional extra. It's not something we can leave till later. It's something that we need to teach our young people about. And actually, many of our young people are already passionate about this. They already care about modern slavery in the world. They already care about food poverty. They already care about homelessness and the increasing rough sleepers on our streets. They already care about period poverty and women who can't afford sanitary products. They already care about global poverty and famine in third world countries. So actually, they're already on that page. And it's um, our role as youth leaders to help them know, well, how do I connect this to my Christian faith? 
Let's not let it be something separate where they go off and they get active in caring for the poor, but it's got nothing to do with when they're at church. These things should be connected. And so Jubilee Plus can help you. I'm not going to talk about Jubilee Plus because Ben will push me off and take the mic from me. But we do have a stand over there. Jubilee Plus came out of New Frontiers. We help churches engage with the poorest in their communities. If you want help, come visit us. We've produced some flyers for um, New Day specifically about, we've got four different issues, food poverty, modern slavery, homelessness and debt. And on the back of those, there's three things you can, um, you need to know about them. There's three things you can pray about them. And there's three actions that you and your young people can take. We're also offering youth grants, so you can come and pick up one of these forms. Anyone in your youth group can pick this up, but they do need a youth leader's signature to do it. And we'll give you a £50 start-up grant. So if you want to do something, like say you know you've got a lot of homeless women in your area and you think we could just put together some toiletry packs for these women, we'll give you a £50 grant to get that started, get it up and running and get your young people engaged. So please come and chat to me. I'm here till Thursday night. I'll be over there. It'd be great to meet some of you and help you engage your young people more effectively in this whole area. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, good morning, everybody. Are you ready for some um, top tips for doing all, um, like leading your young people really, really well on the ground in the basis of what the context of what Ben has said? Are you ready for that? Okay, excellent. Um, guys that are sitting at the back, there's some comfy, like squishy things that you can come and sit on if you want to, rather than being on the, you know, floor. And there's some nice benches as well. Yes. Okay, so as Wayne said, um, my name's Bex Jenkins. I'm from the Open Door Church in St. Neitz. I've got my, um, like, stuff on a million things, so I'm going to go for paper. Um, today. So my role t- is um, currently I'm the youth leader. So I work one day a week as a youth leader and then I work four days a week as a deputy head in a primary school. Um, so that's what I do. I'm quite a busy person, but I love being busy and I'm massively passionate about young people and training and equipping and releasing the next generation. Um, what I'm going to do is I've got five keys for you of stuff that I feel like um, I do in um in Open Door, where I serve, and hopefully that will help you guys. And after each key, there'll be just a moment for you guys to chat to the people around you so that you can say, okay, this is the thing that God is highlighting for me so that you're going away, hopefully with five things that could help you to lead your young people well on the ground. That's where we're going. Everyone with me? Okay, amazing. And I've also got a PowerPoint, so let's see if this works. Okay, so um, first thing, first key is about knowing your young people really, really well. So you need to know what, who your young people are. You need to know their names and you need to know the stuff that they're going through. So as a primary school teacher, the most important thing for me when my children come into my room is that I know their name. So that's the first thing I make sure that I do is I actually know what they're called. So that on the first day in September, I can say, good morning, that child's name. And they know that I know them because I know their name. And the other thing that my teaching assistant and I make sure that we do is we find out the USP and we call that the unique special point about that child. So whether that kid has been in another class in my school and that teacher has said that isn't the nightmare child. Oh, you've got them. Like, I don't, I don't listen to what they say. I want to find out the special thing about that child. And what I found is that actually knowing that in my teaching job, I need to know that in my role as a youth leader as well. Actually, the young people that come into your context, you need to be quick at learning their names. Because if you can greet someone by their name, it makes them feel at home, it makes them feel wanted, it makes them feel known. If you can find the special thing about all of the young people that you have around you, then actually your attitude towards them will change. It won't be that is the annoying one, that is the stinky one, that is the one that like keeps me up all night. It'll actually be, okay, that person is amazing at PA. That person has a real heart for those that are poor. That person is amazing. It's, they're a leader. They can gather a crowd. Actually really learn to know the unique bits about your young people. You have to know them well. It's so important when you think about what Ben said about the national picture, all of the stuff that our young people are um, growing up fighting against, like all of the things that they're having to deal with. If we don't know what they're going through, how can we help them? If you do not know which of your young people are struggling with which of the issues, how in the world are we equipped 
to help them, to support them, to walk alongside them through all of the things that they're going through. If we don't know them well, we don't know what we ne- how we need to shape our youth programs so that we can serve our young people really, really well. We don't know what they might say when we're going off on like one-to-one discipleship, when we're taking them and getting um, time with them on a one-to-one basis. We, if we don't know them, we don't know what they're going to say. We're going to be surprised and we're not going to be prepared. And actually, we just need to know them so, so well. We need to know how our young people are gifted as well. Do you know how your young people are gifted? Do you know what their dreams are in terms of um, church ministry and in terms of their um, kingdom work when they're in their job, when they're employed, when they're going to university? Do you know how they're gifted and what you're doing about it? Are you trying to find opportunities for your young people to get alongside someone else who's really good at worship leading so that they can train? Someone else who's um, like in business in your church and they want to be in business. Are you, do you know your young people that well that you're able to kind of steer them to the right people, to connect them with the right people? Do you know them really well? Do you know how they're gifted? If you don't know what they're going through, how do you know what the Bible says about what they're going through as well? So do you know what the Bible says about the issues that young people in this nation are facing? Do you know what the Bible says about pornography? Can you get a verse out? If a young person comes and says, I'm struggling with pornography, can you get them a verse? Do you know verses in the Bible that talk about um, why you shouldn't sleep with someone outside of marriage? Do you know that? Do you know, um, can, you know, can you get hold of scriptures that will help your young people as with the things that they're actually struggling with? Because if you don't, you're just giving them good advice. If you cannot get a script, a verse from scripture that teaches your young people that's not just you saying them and like being a teacher actually it's saying God says this about the issue you're facing let's look at it together let's study it together you might need to go away actually as a team and think okay what are the issues our young people are facing and do we know what Jesus has to say about them because I'm, I'm a great advice giver I'm a great someone comes to me with an issue and I'm like oh we could do this you could do this you could do this and a couple of years ago, I think it was um, Wayne and Ali, they said, do you know what the Bible says about the issues that your young people are facing? And I thought, no, I'm great at giving them advice. My first thought isn't, okay, let's get the Bible together and see what Jesus says about it. It was about advice, about strategy, about giving them something to go away with. But actually, do you know your young people, the issues your young people are facing? And do you know what Jesus has to say about them? There are some amazing resources if you don't. So um, Google's great, so have a Google. And also New Day produced some great resources. So there's a really good um, pack that's all about dealing with pastoral issues and it's got um, great strategies, great um, pointing you to books and um, things that are within, our ch- within the church context and also things that are outside of church. Um, and I think that is a real strength is knowing when it's a church thing that you need, a church resource you need to help your young person and when you need to look elsewhere. So there are amazing secular resources outside of, outside of church that can support your young people as well. So um, I remember the Youth Workers Conference when we had um, someone from Youthscape, we've had someone from Romance Academy, we've had loads of amazing speakers at the conference that are people that are working, all, you know, supporting young people outside of New Frontiers and outside of church environment. And actually, I think we need to be those that know our young people really well and know where we need to go to get the support we need to support them. Does that make sense? So first thing is knowing your young people really well and I was reminded this morning as we um, gathered as a team that actually this week you have got an amazing opportunity to get to know your young people really, really well. You have probably got until 12.30 because they're still up even when you've asked them to go to sleep a million times. And they're still awake and then they wake up at 5.30 and they're basically like kids. I don't have children of my own but I'm presuming that's what it's like, no sleep. Um, you have got so much time with your young people. You've got time in the meetings, you've got time in the free time Get to know them. Do not lose this opportunity to get to know your young people really well, to talk to them. How are you doing? What, you know, was there anything that Joe said last night? Did God highlight any shame in your life? Like, he's, Joe's given us a great opportunity to actually be honest and speak to our young people. Let's get to know them really well. 
Okay, I'm going to give you, I'm going to shush, I'm going to give you one minute with the people around you. What is the one thing that you thought, actually, God's trying to highlight something to me in what has just been said? So what is the one thing you need to do to get to know your young people better? And you have a real minute. Go. Okay, key number two. So number one is know your young people really, really well because that should be the thing that underlies everything we do is knowing our young people, knowing who um, God brings to us. And the second thing is being a great team player. So I'm talking to you if you um, are the key, the kind of number one, the you know big cheese youth worker, or I'm talking to you if you are part of um, the youth team. This is a team player. And actually, I think the best youth works are the one where you can't tell which is the lead youth worker because the team are working so well together. I think that is great. So be a great team player. I remember sitting in this um, venue last year when Nick Lines talked. If you have, didn't hear it, I've forgotten which E he did, maybe example or maybe education, I can't remember. He did it. Education? We don't know. Um, anyway, what he said was, is he talked about not settling for those men for people, if you are the lead youth worker or on a youth team, for those people who are not chasing after God. And he said, are there any people in your team that you probably need to go and have a little bit of a um, sneaky word with or have a little bit of a talk to about their walk with God? Is it, you know, are they being a great team player? Are they leading the young people to places that you would want them to go? Does their life match up with what they're saying or doing or teaching on a Sunday morning or whenever you kind of do your discipleship teaching? And I I felt massively challenged by that because I knew there were two people on my youth team that I did need to have a chat with. And I was like, oh, no. And we even text a sneaky question from someone else's phone to this number, to Wayne's number, um, and actually said, um, what would you do? And they said, I'd go and have a talk with them. And I had to do that when I got home. So I knew that these two um, members of my team actually weren't being a great team player because what was happening was outside of the youth work nights, they were, if the young people were to follow them everywhere they went, Actually, they wouldn't go, be going in great places. So I did a team meeting all based on um, what Nick said. And I was really, really grateful to God because they both came to me at the end and said, I don't think I can be part of the team for now. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, because it was not having to have that real awkward conversation with them. But actually, what happened was is our team really shrank. So there was only five adults on our team at that point. And I thought, oh, no, because we've got... Uh, like we don't have a massive youth work, but actually you need a great team behind you because otherwise you can only do so much. And what God did throughout the year is he, um, is he really, really blessed the youth work. So the young people grew, the team grew. There were loads of opportunities for people to have a go at things that they probably wouldn't have had. And the team really became a family. So can I encourage you, if you know there are young, um, like people on your team who aren't being great team players, don't settle don't settle because our young people deserve the best. If you're sitting in this room, I'm guessing you like young people and I'm guessing you like being a youth leader. So actually, our young people deserve the best, don't they? They should be getting the best people involved with them. And actually, we might need to have some awkward conversations or ask God to give us opportunities to speak into our team's lives. So be a great team player. Don't settle. Get God's best for your young people. Um, what I also did at New Day is I asked one of my friends to, um, we were just talking about my team and um, we prayed and as I think we were on the sports field, by the time I walked back to my campsite, one of my young people who was just about to turn 18 came and said to me, oh Bex, I, I've been thinking that um, God's been speaking to me about becoming a youth leader, what do you think? And I was like, that was a quick answer to prayer, God, like literally sports field to my site. And I just think, actually, are we praying for great team players? If you don't have enough, are you asking God for great team players, for people that can join your team? Also, um, what happened was a guy just stood up um, at the front of my church on a Sunday morning and he was sharing a bit of his story. And I was like, God, I want him on the youth team. Um, A week later, he came and said, hi. I think I want to be on the YouTube. And I was like, yes. Like God answers prayers. He hears you. He sees your need. He is a God who provides. He is a God who wants you to have a great team. If you need a great team, are you praying about it? Are you looking around church and thinking, okay, God, who is it? Who is it that you want to add to your team, to my team? Have you got a good variety of people on your team? 
or we used to look like a really cliquey youth team. It used to be kind of all people that were kind of the same age and the same stage. And actually, that's great, but it looks like a group of friends and it's not attractive to anyone else who comes into the church and might want to join them. So do you have someone who can mother or father your young people? Do you have someone who can be a brother or sister? Do you have that really annoying member of your team who's the joker and just constantly annoying everyone you need one because actually they they provide the fun and the enjoyment not you know late at night you don't really like them very much but um do you have a really excellent variety on your team or not it's if you're a great team player what you also do is you show your young people how to work really well in team you've got a great opportunity again at New Day to not only show them how you as a youth team work really well together, but how us as a wider family of youth teams work together. So honouring each other as youth workers. So when someone comes to me and says, your young people kept me up last night, I'm not like, oh, no, they didn't. It was your lot. Um, I'm like, okay, I'll speak to them for you. Actually, we have a great opportunity to model what it looks like to be a great team, a great youth work family um, this week. Don't miss out on it. If you are a great team player, another thing you do is you honour your team publicly. You honour them on social media and you honour them when no one else is listening or looking. Have you got a culture of honour in your youth team? When was the last time you encouraged each other? When was the last time you did that publicly? When was the last time you did that when nobody was looking or listening? And when was the last time you did that? Maybe just maybe on social media. Maybe some of you don't like it. Um, it's really powerful. Actually, if my young people read my posts and think, ah, oh, like Bex is really encouraging of her team. She really values them. Great, because I'll create a culture in my young in my youth work of people that honour one another. When was the last time you said thank you to one of your team? Do you need to maybe go back and do that today at some point? And make sure you, if you're a great team player, you make sure you look after each other well. So you can see when that member of your team, particularly over New Day, needs um, a break. You can see when they're about to, you know, strangle a young person because for the 17th time they've done the same thing. You like left a bit of litter or something. Um, You can, are you looking after yourself well? If you're a great team player, you will. And are you being looked after well? Who is looking after you? Do you have someone who's investing in you, who you're being accountable to, who is trying to grow you? And if you don't, who is that going to be in your church? It's so, you're not a lone youth leader. You deserve to be invested in. And actually, for me personally, that was the biggest change when I realised actually in my home church I needed to be investing. Wayne and Ben have done an amazing job of investing in me over the years, but I realised I needed someone in my home church who was for me, who was cheering me on, who was investing in me and who was helping making sure I was a good team player. So are you a good team player? And what do you need to do to go back and help your team be great team players? I'm just going to leave that with you for a second because I've got five minutes two points three I can't count to five that's bad isn't it as a primary school teacher yep that's that's it it's all right okay this one's a quick one so my fifth fifth key what am I talking about third oh no I'm tired already and it's day one is anyone else feeling like that feeling the burn it's one yep one day hope all you've go to bed better tonight um so key three is be prepared so um be more scar in the way of being prepared, um, not being mean. Young people deserve your best. Don't be last minute, be prepared. So are you well prepared for every youth event you run? If you are, you're communicating to the young people, you matter to us, you're important to us, I'm willing to give my time to prepare well. If you are last minute and disorganised, you're communicating to them, do you know what, I'm just doing this because I've been asked to do it. Or do you know what, you know, something better came up, like an episode of Love Island. I needed to watch that instead of um, helping, you know, getting ready for you guys. This was a massive learning point for us in our youth team. So what we used to do is we we run a um, Friday night social, we run a small group night, and we run a Sunday morning while um, in the preach. We have, um, like, take the young people out and they do their own, um, like, talk and what we used to do is we used to just grab whatever we fancied go going completely unprepared and teach the young people and what happened was is we went got down to like a time where there were like two of them 
coming on a Sunday morning. I was thinking, why are there only two of them? Then suddenly realised it's because I was being really dishonouring of those young people by being completely unprepared. So actually, I was communicating to them, oh, it's okay for me to get a post-it out and just read it and guess what I'm going to say. And what we did is we decided as a team that we were going to be excellently prepared for a Sunday morning. So that was getting the, um, getting our talk out, asking someone to give us feedback um, before we actually brought it with the young people. Um, and then we'd also have time to pray and say, God, what do you want to do on that morning? And started having response times on a Sunday morning that cracked stuff open with the young people. Um, and it was just different because we were prepared. So are you well prepared for your youth nights? Do you need to be better prepared? Do you need to say, God, I'm going to give this some time because I believe it matters. And that will communicate that to your young people. You need to be thick. We need to be those that think and plan in advance, both in terms of what we're doing on a youth night and, but, and in terms of our strategy. So like what Ben said about let's go to, um, let's be praying for the Indigo Arena to say yes. Who are the youth leaders that you're going to be starting to invite? You've got until the 9th of February. Who is it? Who is it in your town that you can say, hey, do you know what? We've got this great event. Actually, if you're not prepared, you're going to tell them too late and they're not going to be able to come. Let's be prepared. And put a date in the diary. If you want to do anything, I've learned if you don't put a date in the diary, it doesn't happen. So to be prepared, you need to actually get a date in the diary and get it done. So be prepared. How long have I got? One minute. Great. Okay. Give them a balanced diet is key four. So in your program, you need to make sure that you have the opportunity to do these things. And if you want to find out more about them, if you go onto the resource section of the New Day website and download the um, talks from last year, one talk will go with each one of these. So not those. Congratulations <laughs> to me. Brilliant. Don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Don't know what that is. Oh, no. It's okay. Um, so you need to build time in your program to build relationships. So that's youth team to youth team, youth team to youth, and youth to youth. So have you got opportunities to build relationships in what you provide for your young people? Have you got opportunities to disciple your young people really well, to get alongside them either in groups or as one-to-one, -to, -one, to make sure that you know them really well, you know what they're going through, and you can walk with them through whatever they're going through in their lives? And do they know that you will walk through them with it? Or do they think, actually, if I tell them that, then I'm going to be out? Do you have the opportunity to teach them really well, to teach them from the Bible, to get their mix, good mix of the Word and the Spirit? Do you have opportunities to connect with young people wherever you are? So in your context, whether it's a town, a city, wherever it is, with young people who don't know Jesus. Do you have opportunities for that in your youth program? And if not, my ask is why not? Because actually if we want um, more young people to come into the kingdom, we need to be connecting with them. And do you have time for your young people to develop to develop their up, their in and their out, which is their up connection, which is their connection with God, what's coming into them, how they're being fed, and then that, how they're out working, taking the kingdom wherever they go. Um, if you want more information about that, you can Google Mike Breen Discipleship Shape and you'll see up, in and out. And finally, create family. For us in um, St. Neots, this has been the biggest culture shift that we have had in our youth work. So two years ago, I remember crying at New Day because my youth work was really disjointed. It was really um, hard work. Um, it was just tough. If you are having a tough time right now, I just want to say that God can change things and it can get better. And I think there are some of you in this room who are having a tough time. We're, you know, we're a family and we can support you as well. This, honestly, t talking to our young people and just saying family, family, family. We say the word, our hashtag is hashtag youth family. Get hashtag youth family. Um, what that means is that no one in our youth work is left out. So when we speak to them and say, okay, we're family, what does that mean? They'll tell you no one's left out. So when we, we don't even sort out tents, we let them choose their own tent. We haven't got a massive group, not obviously girls 
girls are girls. Like, not own ten. Um, but we just say, okay, the rule is no one is to be left out because we're family. We also say that everyone is wanted. So all everyone is welcome and everyone is wanted at any of our youth events. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you've done. You're welcome in our youth work. All welcome, all wanted. New young people and new team are, are therefore welcomed really well. And the other day, one of our new parents said, I've never seen young people come and collect a new year six who's going into year seven and take them away from their parent in a nice way in the, you know, in church and take them and say, you know, I'm, I'm Lucy, I'm Kirsten, who are you? Let's chat to you. And they took them and, s- and that young person went and sat with the youth and he said, I've never seen young people do that. And I thought that's because we're a family and they get it. They get it. That young person needs to feel welcome immediately. Otherwise they're not coming back. And actually, what are you modeling? Are you excellent on a Sunday morning at finding new people? Are you excellent at talking to those new young people? because you need to be those that create family. Um, We also, um, out of um, the Rhythm Factories seminar last year, which was all about being more coffee, about infiltrating the water around you, rather than actually letting the culture affect you, um, we taught our young people a whole series on the back of New Day about how do you be coffee in all the situations you go into. And it was really amazing. And you need to, if you want to create family, you have to build it into everything you do. You have to say it, you have to live it, you have to model it, you have to keep going on about it, you have to use a hashtag after every picture just to remind young people what it means to be family. And with the national picture being so tough and so difficult, young people must have a place where they can belong. They must have a place where they can belong and they can be accepted no matter what they've done. And I heard um, some amazing teaching years and years ago. Um, This guy had a peach, and I think his name was Simon. But what he said is young people need to belong. So they need to belong in your family. Then they will believe. They'll get saved. Jesus will meet with them. And then their behavior will change. If you try and flip the order of that, it's not going to work. So if you're asking them to change their behavior before they believe anything and before they know they belong, you're not actually going to create family. So it's really important that they belong first. So my last thing is create family. Why don't um, you have one minute with the person next to you? What is some of your take-home things? And then we're going to leave time for questions. Hello. Um, Cool. It would be good just, sorry to move you on, but you get all week together don't you so you can chat over lunch or when you go back um isn't bex jenkins wonderful and a wonderful (laughs) gift to us what a legend um listen i just want to um just help uh ground that last point that she just said about family one of the things that uh, is coming through really loud and clear in terms of what god's speaking to us uh since the beginning of pre-week so that was last tuesday people started getting on site and preparing site um, and as I said to the youth leaders uh, in the other meeting, it's like when I was a youth leader, I just presumed all this stuff was here all year round because um, I'm a bit shallow like that. Um, not all of it, obviously, but a lot of it. And uh, it's been really humbling just seeing it all. But one of the things that God's been saying as we've been gathering to praise around family, and there's this phrase that we're starting just to live with a bit uh, in terms of redeeming youth culture. And it's not... Um, it's not out there. We're not going to like put it out on social media. But if you think about what the redemption of youth culture actually means uh, and why has uh, youth culture and culture just around us, why is it so broken? One of the most important things that we understand is, is God's plan for family. Uh, and it's really difficult for us sometimes to actually just start naming things. And things are going to get named in the big top as people preach because it almost feels a little bit awkward to go there to sort of say, actually, family is not supposed to function like that. So we've started to get quite good at talking to people that are from broken family. But what we're not doing is saying, it's meant to be like this, because we're afraid, essentially, that it's going to cause offense and it's going to put shame onto them. But we, so we need to do it well. We need to, to help people understand. But God has a purpose for family. And, and one of the things that's become interesting, and it stuck with me in one of the prayer meetings, is that friends call each other fam. Don't know, they're like, all right, fam. And the reason they're doing that is because they're desperate and, and, and get underneath this. This is, this is real. I'm not playing around here. What we're doing is we're getting under culture where people are longing for family. 
They're longing for what they do not have in the purposes of God. They're longing for mum, dad, brother, and sister. And I even now just feel the presence of God on this. This is really important. Am I right to just minister a little bit? Is that right? Cool. Uh, We need to get hold of this in in a profound way. And, And God is calling you guys to understand your role is not simply youth leader. In fact, youth leader, as good as it is, uh, it's a little bit of a red herring in the sense of it, it gives you this position that sometimes is just unhelpful. What God is calling you to be is calling you to be a father or a mother or a big brother or a big sister to a broken generation. That's what he's calling you to do. He's calling you to be a dad to, to those that don't have dads. He's calling you to be mum to those that don't have mums, big sister, big brother. And I'm not going to suggest who you are, what age you are, whatever. You know whether you're to play father or brother, mother or sister. We are to demonstrate to this generation what appropriate relationships look like. Just say that again. We, We have to demonstrate to this generation what appropriate relationships look like. What does it look like to be a dad in the kingdom of God? Because some people have got no context for that at all. And I don't just mean that they haven't got a dad. Every man in their life has been a poor example of what it is to be a dad. My wife, when I met her, there is no male role model in her life until she gets to the age of 22 that would be a great example of being dad. All broken. Every man that's been in her life, broken. Our role as youth workers is to be this is to be this. And uh, there's just a moment in it just to, to receive it because it's even this week and I, I see these guys exercising this stuff um, but there's a moment to receive it and to own it because you, you're not just there to sort of like this point that Beck's made about um, just sort of <laughs> getting alongside and giving good advice. It just isn't it. It's just not it. It's so much better than that. So much better than that. And, and it's not just about becoming like a theologian. It's about understanding who you are in, in, in God. It's about understanding his word and releasing the purposes of God onto these young people that you're, you're working with. It's so exciting. And it's so deep and it's so profound. The privilege that we have this week to just do God's work into the lives of these young people that, as I say, have got no context for what family really looks like. We have to do it well. And and listen to this, it doesn't just mean Christians sometimes bolt the other way and we end up just going, well, it's all about just man-on-man relationships and woman-on-woman relationships. Young women need to know what it is to be fathered. Well, because there's young women that don't know what it is to have dad. and, And young men need to know what it is to be mothered well. And so appropriately, you need to start working that stuff out appropriately you need to work out how do we do this really well that demonstrates exactly what Bex is saying what does it say in the bible how do we demonstrate this because that is how we start to redeem the culture we show them this is the kingdom this is the way of God and this is the thing that will bring peace and hope and restoration and life and love and all of those things it's his ways it's like what we were hearing in the big top yeah are you guys with me on that yeah okay so I just want to pray, and then these guys can ask, answer some questions. But I just would love to just pray that you receive being dad, mum, brother, or sister. Is that all right? And um, I'm just going to ask you to stand. If, if you want to receive, just to, to, to really own this um, before the Lord. And uh, it's, it's really great. Just close your eyes and just, just listen to me waffle a little bit more. It's... Um, it's really great to hear stuff like this. Just close your eyes. Just concentrate on him, not me. When, when you talk of the, this sort of big picture stuff, it's really, really easy. We say it to our young people, really easy. Like, it's not for me. I don't know what's going on in your life. You might not be getting it all right. You might be one of the people, like Beck said, that's like, I'm not actually doing the right stuff at the moment. I don't really want to be an older brother or a father or mother or sister because actually that's going to be unhelpful. Actually, first of all, you need to own you are that. You need to own it. So if you're not doing what you need to do, if you're not taking responsibility to be dad and to be mum and to be brother and sister, you need to come before the Lord and you need to work it out with him. 
because he's calling you to be that. You are that, whether you like it or not. And so why don't you just receive this? I'm just going to pray. Um, assume the prayer position however you want. <laughs> the Spirit of God is here. He is here right now. The Spirit of God is here. And, and I, I, I just sense in him that he is, he is wanting to break in uh, and just reveal identity to you that you've been resisting. You, you don't live up to the mark. I'm not a good youth worker. I'm not sure I can do this thing. This thing's too big. Society's too broken. There is a kingdom that you belong to that is far greater. There is a father in heaven who is far greater and he is hungry and he is jealous for every fatherless home in this nation. He's jealous for it. And you're called to play your part. You're called to be mum. You're called to be dad. You're called to be brother. You're called to be sister. And so right now I pray in the name of Jesus for every person in this room that is struggling to receive this identity that has been called from the, the throne of heaven upon these dear people in this room if there is hard heart towards this, I pray it would be broken and shattered right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray fresh identity and revelation of identity would come. And I pray for fathers and mothers in this room right now to step in to the place of responsibility. To step up and to step in to the place of responsibility. Not that they have to prove it to you, but by your grace by your grace, that they would be able to father and mother and brother and sister this generation emerging. God, our hearts cry out for this generation. When Bex talks about create family, yes, yes, Lord, yes. We see it in the scriptures from beginning to end. Lord, we're called into your family. Lord, we look into society, we look into youth culture right now, and it is broken to pieces. Lord, not just with individuals, Lord, the whole structure of society is trying to pretend that it's okay that family doesn't exist. And so, God, we want to own this before you right now. We want to take on the privilege and the call that you have called us to, not just after New Day, but even right now during New Day, to demonstrate appropriately what it is to be mum and dad on this site. I pray for courage in the name of Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would release courage and faith to see things change this week through these people that have stood before me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask. Amen. Should we give um, Ben and Bex uh, a round of applause? Thank you so much, guys. Okay, we have got a load of questions, but obviously time has gone, so we will, um, we will just text those out throughout the day. Some really um, good questions. A few people asked um, if you could have Bex's slides. If you um, go and give her your email address, then she will happily send them on to you, or just text us and, um, and then text us your email address, and then we'll send those out, and the rest of them we will send out throughout the day. So have a great day. Be blessed, and uh, hopefully see you again.